Welcome to The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man, the little podcast about nothing. And when we say nothing, we mean everything. And now, your host, Bushy and the Mountain Man. Well, all right, welcome to another episode of The Plug with Bushy and the Boutman. I am your host, Bushy. As you all know, the Boutman is not back with us just yet. A lot of stuff going on with him, but I'm sure that when he comes back, we might not even have any content that episode. It'll just be him explaining what the hell's been going on. But the good news is that I do have somebody sitting in. You're not just going to have to listen to my voice this whole hour or so. But I have, all the way from L.A., Vincent Cabagnot. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Usually the G's silent, but that's how it goes. Okay, Cabanot. All right, my bad. How you doing, brother? Good. Just getting into the new year. Now we've made it to 2020 and nothing's blown up. Nothing's been melted down of the glaciers. We're just hanging out. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. How was your new year? Pretty mundane. I, I, I turned down a chance to hang out at the Rainbow and... Uh, Ended up staying indoors. I don't want to deal with the drunk drivers or the L.A. crazy people on the roads. But, you know, my friends, my buddies went last night. They already got pictures with Ron Jeremy again. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and he's passed out. <laughs> it's That's hilarious. Great. Yeah, all I did was stay in. I think I watched Ridiculousness all night long up until about 10 minutes before the ball dropped. Mm-hmm. Once the ball dropped, it took my ass to bed. Did you watch uh, the the Rock and New Year's Eve thing? Uh, for ten minutes. Did you you see what Post Malone was? No. no. <laughs> holy holy cow! Yeah, I was just in shock watching him. I mean, I, I understand his appeal sonically, but wow, watching him visually was just a whole other <laughs> thing. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. I might have to find it on YouTube then. Uh, like I said, I was watching Ridiculousness. They've been having a marathon going with every guest they've ever had. And I think that show's absolutely hilarious, even though I can't stay at Chanel West Coast. Mm. But I still love the show. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did until it was time for that ball to drop. Um, I don't remember a lot of it. I know that I said Happy New Year and gave a daughter a hug. But just because I wasn't out doesn't mean I wasn't partying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cracked, cracked open the beers, too. Nice, nice. But I got you on because um, you, you you absolutely crack me up uh, on Facebook, <laughs> and uh, and I've got to I've got to say I've got to admit that a lot of the times I like to post shit just because I know you're going to see it, <laughs> and I know I'm going to get a response. It's not unlike when uh, Mark Taylor posts uber conservative stuff because he knows that liberal trolls are going to jump on it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of all almost the same dynamic, but I but I also understand that as a fan of this, you know, people are pretty passionate and they're passionate mm-hmm. both ways. And of course, I'm talking about Star Wars. You know, Disney taking over Star Wars and uh, uh, the Disney Plus thing is uh, as, as well. Um, you hate these new movies, is that right? I despise them, detest them, and I consider them non-canon. See, the, the canon thing, and I don't understand that because I know there was Star Wars comic books. There was, uh, Timothy Zod wrote, wrote some great books. I remember reading them back in the day, and I actually bought one while I was waiting to pick up my daughter last week. But 
what, what do we consider in Canada? I mean, are, are we going back into all these comic books? Are we going back into these books? And uh, here, here's my biggest thing, is a lot of people hated the prequels. Right. They hated the prequels, and it's like, but that's George Lucas. Mm-hmm. He wrote those stories. So to say that Lucas should have been involved in, in, in these films seems almost asinine to me. When we probably could have done without episode one and two, gone straight to episode three, because that's really all anybody wanted to see anyway, was Anakin's mm-hmm. turn to the dark side. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the thing with Lucas, I mean, most of the fans who followed him all along know that when he made uh, New Hope, Return of the Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back, he had teams of people working with him that were basically, you know, there, and also not, they weren't letting him do everything he wanted as he wanted it. Like, they had Irvin Kirshner directed Empire Strikes Back. He put his uh, spin on the things and the characters, but kept them true to form. And, you know, he had a lot more people telling him no. When he made the prequels, there was a lot of people basically, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, yes, men, all around him. Oh, 100 uh, robots in a row? Yeah, do it. Jar Jar, do it. Yeah, yes, sir. It's amazing, amazing. Everything you do is amazing. Nobody put the brakes on him. So right. I think he, he works best in a context where he doesn't have the full control, but he still maintains the character arcs and, you know, some of the general storylines. Because I'll tell you, the prequels, I hate the whole Senate political crap. I don't need any of that. <laughs> it's like, put me to sleep. Right. And, but, you know, at the same time, you you hear about all these, and I, I excuse me, I hate calling it a new hope, because it was never called that shit. It was never called that until he decided he was going to write this prequel. Now, all of a sudden, it's episodes four, five, and six. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's freaking Star Wars. But in, in the original Star Wars film, you know, you hear them talking about the Imperial Senate and how it's being dissolved. The regional governors are not going to rule their territories. In that aspect, it was cool seeing how the Senate worked. There was probably too much of it. Right. You know, especially leading up into uh, Palpatine's turn to the Emperor, you know, with uh, the whole base Windu thing where he zapped him with his own electricity through his lightsaber and such. Mm-hmm. But, but it was interesting. I think it was necessary to the story. Jar yeah. Jar, I don't apologize for. I like the Gungans. I, I like the way they talk. I, I thought he was, you know, comedy relief. I actually thought 3PO was overplayed. In those movies, mm-hmm. especially that second one, mm-hmm. you know, because he was mm-hmm. always the comic relief in, in the original trilogy. In that second trilogy, with you know the prequel trilogy, I thought they were going too far trying to make him funny. The whole you'll know, get turned into that uh, that robot trooper thing and all the stupid one-liners he had. I thought that was ridiculous. I'll take Jar Jar over, uh, over that any day. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think yeah. about that whole arc? Well, I think Jar Jar is not a bad character. I think if they could have. Yeah, sound, that's like a quote, right? That'll be like my quote, Jar Jar's not a bad character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, but, that's, what I, that's what I'm going to call this episode, Jar Jar's <laughs> not a bad character. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think people would have hated him if he didn't do the stupid things with his tongue and the little goofy, trippy things that he did that would make children crack up. Right. Like, if he was just there, like a side character, and they downplayed the slapstick, I don't think people would have been as upset about him. So... He, he served a purpose. He wasn't the greatest character, but if they toned down all that silly slapstick, I don't think it wouldn't have been as bad. I actually, uh, I actually don't disagree. And uh, we, we obviously saw that in that episode two, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
let's get into these new movies. Uh, when I saw The Force Awakens, I saw a lot of people bitching that it was just Star Wars 2.0. And I can certainly understand that. I can understand that. But there was things that I really liked. That I really, really liked. I liked the fact that they went back to using models. Yes. And not mm-hmm. using CGI. You know, Star Wars is not supposed to be filmed in front of a green screen. Right. It's supposed to be filmed on open sets, different locations, with models. You know, that's the way it's supposed to be done. So I enjoyed that. I loved the fact that that, uh, was it that First Order's base was called Starkiller Base, because those of us that love Star Wars know that that was Luke's original name. It wasn't Skywalker. It was Starkiller. So I thought that was a throwback, you know, an homage to the original stories. Um, I know that I wasn't ready for that scene with Kylo and Solo. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, uh, I literally yelled out in the theater when that lightsaber turned on right through Solo. That yeah. bothered me. My heart wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I wasn't ready to hear Chewie upset like that either. Yeah, for real. You know, yeah. That was it was you know very emotional. I thought it was, it was really well you know well written. I thought it was a good story. I liked the stormtrooper, you know. Not being a clone anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having feelings. I can't do this. I want to go off and, you know, get away from these guys and run. Because really through that entire first film, he's a coward. That's all Mm -hmm. he's doing is trying to get the hell away from everybody. Yeah. And they wasted that potential. I I liked Finn, too, when I first saw him. And I was, like, uh, getting into this thing. I was like, this could be really interesting. This is, like where we should be taking some of this and into this new uncharted territory where you see the other side a little bit more and empathize with them. Um, You know, for the most part with The Force Awakens, I own it. I got it here on Blu-ray. I generally liked it when it came out, and I enjoyed it in the theater. Um, More or less, I started to uncover what I really knew and loved about Star Wars and understood George George Lucas's point of view where you don't really have to kill off everybody and i didn't think that the han solo killing needed to happen but i know that uh harrison ford didn't want to do it anymore harrison ford's not a fan of playing han solo despite you know millions of people loving it like i don't know you know he's a curmudgeon these days well i know that uh he and lucas argued during return of the jedi because he thought han solo should have been killed dead yeah yeah so it's, it's kind of hard to have somebody that everyone loves play a role he hates. And Absolutely. And um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I remember watching the trailer. And my, my eyes welled up a little bit because I'm such a huge fan. Han Solo was always my favorite character. Hell always. Yeah. You know, I, I know the movie was about Luke and Vader, but Han Solo was always my favorite character. When, they, mm-hmm. when you first saw them in the trailer for The Force Awakens, and he says, Chewie, we're home. My eyes welled right up. I got yeah. goosebumps. I'm getting stupid goosebumps now just talking about it. I thought it was one of the greatest cinematic, you know, things, for lack of a better word, to happen in this franchise was those guys coming back. Yeah, we were lit up. I mean, I was totally lit up. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the shit. This is going to be amazing. We're going to get Chewie and Han back after all these freaking years, after all the prequels. After We're actually going to see this happen. Um, and they kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so they kill him. So there, there, there it goes. Potential for like one last big adventure over or even with like Luke and Leia. 
like we knew that Luke was going to be in it because you saw some of that, the hints and stuff that he was in the trailer. Like we might get a movie with them all together. So for as high as that moment of seeing Chewie and Han in the, the ship, you just have the floor pulled out from under you to realize he's gone. We're never going to see Luke, Leia, and uh, Han together do one, one small adventure for the last time with the three of them while they were alive because they thought killing him was also going to be this you know, emotional pull, which it was, but they probably could have saved it for the next film. Right. And, and that next film is, is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I, and I do want to get into the second one because we finish The Force Awakens with Rey getting to the, to the, to the Jedi Temple, you know, the original home of the Jedi, whatever it is. I forget the name of the planet or whatnot, and handing his lightsaber to him. You know, mm -hmm. and you get to see Luke for the first time. And that's the second time in that film. Well, maybe the third time, because it's Han and Chewie boarding the Falcon, Han getting killed by Kylo, which mm -hmm. I thought was an emotional... The whole story, him killing his father, that's very Vader-esque. You know, uh, uh, Luke and Vader kind of thing, even though we know that Luke really saved Vader. Yeah. But then seeing Luke standing there, that just gets your balls tightened up. You're ready for the second. You're ready for mm -hmm. the second one. Yeah. Because he's the, the big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking like the big Lebowski now. That's a great look for him, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty excited. And then you see his, his uh, he still has the metal hand and stuff, which they did try to update by now. <laughs> right. He's got, like, you know, because he's, he's got the fleshy hand in the end of... Uh, what is it? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. They're they're tapping the fleshy looking hand, right. and then suddenly he's got like the whole metal hand. It's like, come on, guys, make it well, fleshy. They, they explained that in the Last Jedi, <laughs> or they at least attempt to explain it in the Last Jedi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now this one I know you have a lot of issues with. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. Now. I admittedly have not seen Rise of Skywalker yet. Um, people keep saying, well, you can watch it. You have to download a torrent and then go to Pirate Bay. And I'm like, I don't do any of that garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I'm hoping to go see it this weekend. But uh, people like our good friends over at Rocket Metal Combat Podcast, you know, Ralph Fieras, he went on the air saying Last Jedi was the greatest Star Wars film he had seen since Empire Strikes Back for these trilogies. And I agreed with him. And he's he's telling me that Rise of Skywalker is even better. Now you disagree with this whole Last Jedi thing being one of the greatest Star Wars films ever. I think it's the worst Star Wars film ever made, next to the new one. There's a reason. Yeah. Well, I here's how the thing is. A lot of people like you know love Ralph, and um, where he's looking at it from is kind of like where I looked at the Rambo movie because a lot of people despise the last Rambo movie and I dug it because it, it is what it, it, it you saw it right oh yeah it was great yeah yeah that's like that's what I would expect from that character to do those things and it was gritty and dark just like the movie before that which was totally knocked me on my ass um, oh absolutely yeah but but last Jedi you see all the character arcs that were in um, Force Awakens were ready to go. They were in the box, ready to go. And Ryan Johnson 
is not a Star Wars fan. He's not a Star Wars person. He never will be. He can say whatever he wants about it. He compares his film to The Empire Strikes Back in, in passing. And it's like, dude, you are not in that category. You're, you're not that good. You're not that great a writer. His whole thing felt like trolling the fans, like saying, oh, you think Luke's going to do this? Ha, look, he threw the saber. Like, I'm going to, like, surprise you every turn. Like, anything you do, nah, 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 nah. Like, right. really? Like, that's not Star Wars. That is somebody trolling Star Wars fans. You don't need to have things set up, like, exactly the way you want. This is this is the thing. The people who do support this whole movie and the whole Disney thing, they're taking their talking points from Disney, much in the same sense that people take politics talking points from cable news shows and say, this is it because it was said there. Right. They, they keep saying the same thing that you got your subvert, you got expectations subverted. So uh, you're upset because you didn't get Luke the way you wanted him. It's like I'm upset for a few things, but I don't expect Luke to be the way I want. But I expect his character to be the same type of character they've established in all these movies for the past 40 years. You can right. stray, stray a little bit, but he's not going to kill his, his freaking nephew. He's he's. He's optimistic. That's why we love Luke, because you watched him grow from this farm kid who didn't understand anything and unsure about himself, wanting to grow in his life and be somewhere else and not live the life he lives, to getting involved in all this adventure and realizing that he's capable, then finally becoming a master and saving his dad. Like There's a whole story arc that happens there. And you know his character from these movies. Even Mark Hamill knows it because he's read scripts that none of the fans and nobody else did. And he knows the character better than anyone. Sure. You take him and do a 180 on that because you want to do subverting expectations. Like, does that make you a good filmmaker? No. That makes you a troll that's basically trying to say fuck you to the fans. He probably, that director probably liked all these girls who are into Star Wars and they never liked him. So he's probably getting even with the Star Wars community by doing that because he never got laid with his set of action figures. So that's one of the main things. I would not turn Luke in that direction. But one of the other things, too, is you can look at a movie like you're following the story, or you can look at it as an action film like a popcorn flick where you just sit down, you just want to be thrown into a ride. Yay, it's great, it's cool. You know, like I mentioned with you online, the Transformers films. They're like great popcorn flicks because you watch all the shit blowing up and exploding and there's not really much story to it, but it's still fun, you know? Right. Well, like see, that, the whole Luke, I really enjoyed that, to be honest with you. I liked him seeing, you know, that, you know, he failed a, a, as a teacher, you know, so he has all these things weighing on him, that he failed his nephew. And uh, I could see... <laughs> You know, a Jedi feeling Sith growing in one of his students and thinking, I've got to take him out. But still not being able to do it because he's he's freaking Luke Skywalker, man. That's that's not what he does. And he suffers the consequences of that, you know, when Kylo all snaps off on him. And uh, what's his name? Ben? I think Ben's a horrible name. I, I much prefer Kylo Ren to Ben Solo. Yeah, it sounds funny. But, um... I thought that was a great arc. I loved seeing Yoda show up, you know, Force Ghost Yoda, you know, talking to Luke because Luke's going to burn down the, you know, that sacred tree with all the, you know, ancient Jedi text. And he still can't bring himself to do it. 
know, because he's still ever the optimist, Luke. And of course, Yoda's like, man, fuck that tree. <laughs> you know? uh, but now you're introducing non-canon stuff. You have Force Ghosts able to call down lightning and cause destruction on Earth. So then when uh, somebody's battling somebody evil, why didn't all the Force Ghost guys come out and shoot electricity into the evil guys, like the Sith guys? And then the battle would have been over. Like, why didn't all those ghosts come out? Like, you, you're changing the way the structure of the story's logic is, the universe's logic, by Yoda shooting Force Lightning. So that means now every single Force ghost, even into the prequels, should have been shooting Force Lightning at the enemies or the bad guys. And you would have changed the whole structure of everything. Now, this is introducing bullshit into Star Wars. That's complete bullshit that's never been in the other six movies. So you're going to add this because you can't write a decent story? Because also, these movies, they're not written by the people who write stories in the extended universe. They're not written by Lucas. This isn't what he wanted at all for the characters. He had an idea of what he'd like to do. And everybody knows about the Wills thing and stuff. And like, I would rather see what he would have gone to take that because he took chances. This is playing it safe and then throwing in a couple of twists in there and... I don't consider the new films canon because Lucas had an idea where the characters were supposed to go. And they're letting other people who aren't even extended universe people, these are Hollywood hacks, writing their idea of Star Wars. They're not people deep in the mythology like the people who are in the extended universe writing about Star Wars. So these are people taking it secondhand, learning, first, first bat at the plate trying to write Star Wars. So... I'm not going to go with these storylines as where the characters were supposed to go, so I don't consider it canon in that sense. And, and that's that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. And I consider myself a Star Wars fan. And, you know, I, I, I've seen everything. The only thing I haven't seen is, um, what is it, Rebels and the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. But that's because I don't like cartoons. Mm -hmm. you know, I, fair enough. I just I, I can't do cartoons. But there's a side of me that wants to get on Disney Plus and watch those series. Um, I think I'm going to watch those cartoons, too. Yeah. Say that again? Of, I'm going to watch some of those cartoons, too, because I missed out on a lot of them. And I actually am friends with one of the guys who worked on Clone Wars. Yeah. Nice. He went, to, he went to my school. He's one of my, my classmates' friends. He's, he's on my Facebook, so I'm not going to name drop. But. Sure, sure. <laughs> So right. I think this is a good time to take a quick music break because here at the plug we always spin some tunes. Go ahead. I'm just going to spin one song for you. And uh, Vince, this is because you're here, buddy. This is the Cure 100 Years from Photography. Yes! <laughs>
All right, there you have it. The Cure, 100 Years. Pornography, my favorite Cure album of all time. Because you're such a diehard Cure fan, I had to play something from it. Yeah, for Cure fans, it's probably what we would consider a hit, even though these new Cure fans don't have a clue what the hell it is. No, they just get up and dance in the concerts to Just Like Heaven and sit down for the rest of the show. Disgusting. Yeah, we love it when we go, because we're real, really deep into every single song, and we, we spot them right away. But, no. you know, some people can rock what they like. That's that's all good thing. Just, Absolutely, just... and that's that's exactly what we're talking about here anyway. Uh, yeah. uh, we are discussing Star Wars, um, the Disney takeover of Star Wars. Unfortunately, we can't get into the you know Rise of Skywalker much. Um, I can talk from what I've seen on the trailers, but I want to stick with Last Jedi a little bit. Yeah. If there was one thing that I had a hard time with in Last Jedi, it was the way Luke died. Yeah. Why did his hand fall down and clatter? Because it was metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Good call. Um, my, my whole problem with that is, you know, you see this big confrontation with Kylo, and I thought that was great. I thought that was really well done. I was fooled because I didn't pay attention to the fact that his hair wasn't as gray, that it wasn't as long. I should have known from the beginning that it was a projection. Yeah, he got some just, just for men via the Force to take the gray away and get some play. Well, I, I was just I always went under the assumption that he, uh, he was projecting the Luke that Kylo remembered, that Ben Solo remembered. Because that's the guy that Ben Solo hated. You know, maybe his response to him wouldn't have been as strong had he seen old Luke. You know, so to see that guy, probably, I would guess 40s, 50s Luke, mm -hmm. you know, is, is what he was, quote unquote, fighting. I didn't like, you get through that whole battle, no swords ever clash, which I guess they couldn't with it being a projection. Mm -hmm. But then he just drops dead. It's like, what? what is it? Is, is it exhaustion because of the distance? That's, to me, that's the only flaw in that movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind that Asian girl saying, uh, you know, loving the people we care about or whatever. So I'm going to win. I, didn't, I didn't even mind that. I liked her character. I liked it a lot. Oh, that character. Yeah. You know, the, the only problem is you take her out of the movie, you still have the movie. Yeah. You know, she served no real purpose. She was she was basically uh, a plug-in Asian character, so that way Disney could say, "Look, we have Asians in our movies. Aren't we? Aren't we uh, taking chances and progressive and amazing?" It's like I'm half Asian. I didn't ask for that character. You can. <laughs> you, she's a great actress, and she's. I think she's super cute. I just feel really bad that the script for her was horrible. I mean, the whole speech with her saying, this city is filled with uh, rich people or whatever, I want to punch these people. Like, that's not Star Wars. You're putting a social agenda message in there. It's like, that doesn't belong there. And the whole Canto Bite scene was a big waste of time to save the little space horses and then to insult. I mean, she, she left the kids as slaves, right? Those kids yeah. that were attending, she left the slaves there but freed the horses. Right. There, there you go, genius. You're fucking genius. Yeah, and, I, and again, I don't disagree. The other side of that is, I'll play devil's advocate for you, is with Hollywood entertainment, 
be mm -hmm. it music, television, or film. If I stayed away from things that were trying to put this whole social justice message into it, or you know, stayed away from celebrities, again, be it the music scene or the film scene or the television scene, because of their social justice overbearingness, I couldn't listen to or watch anything. Well, you know, that's they definitely have a point there, but I think the more we let them do this, the more it's going to continue. The more we don't, the more we protest these films, let's say like what I did, because I'm boycotting the new movie. And even though I've seen it, but I won't say how, for free, um, the more we let them do these films and take liberties with the characters we love and do whatever, the more they're going to just produce knockoffs of everything. I mean, look, they're already crazy about making reboots of everything. So if we strike gold with making a secondhand knockoff of a character and, and call it a new movie, people will just eat it up no matter what. And that's the big mistake Disney made with some of their films because they just assume because they have the property and they have the characters, everyone's going to eat it up. And no matter what, they're going to come, they're going to camp out, they're going to be in droves in front of the film. We got them. You know, we got we got the property. We could do whatever we want with it. Doesn't matter how good it is. We don't need the character arcs. We don't need the true stories. We're just going to shove this shit out, and they're going to eat it up. And we said fuck you when they did Solo, because nobody wanted that movie, and they lost two hundred million in the box office. First Star Wars movie to lose money, even with Ron Howard directing it. But that's a whole other story. We'll not get to that yet. <laughs> I know last, because last I'm a, I'm actually a huge fan of that movie. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge fan. Um, we're still on Last Jedi, yeah. though. Um, yeah, I want to uh, make one thing with, with it, because, you know, like, a popcorn film is like what I call it for when you just go out and have mindless entertainment. Uh, you can enjoy Last Jedi and uh, some of these films as, like, just popcorn film. Like, you don't... Some people don't need that much backstory, you know? The, right. the, visuals, the visuals are amazing in that movie. Um... You know, the costumes are really cool. The space spaceship stuff is amazing. You know, and if you don't really think of it, like, in the sense that, you know, you think of something like Goodfellas or Casino, you got to have that story, like, that's really solid. It really it's helps. It's hilarious them. you just mentioned those two films. I literally just watched both of those again last week. Ah, see? So, this is great. Because you see what fantastic characters and, like, excellent writing have to do with a movie instead of bullshit like The Last Jedi with a fucking prank call at the start of the and mama jokes. Seriously? I mean, you start to you start to take the bad guys in that film and they all become comedy. It's like they're not intimidating. You're not scared of them. You have no sense of doom. I mean, I watched Empire Strikes Back the other day and I was on my seat watching Han Solo get lowered into that freezing chamber. And the look on his face, and then when they pulled that thing out, and he was like in agony, like that right. face when he was frozen. And you were like, you motherfuckers, you want to fucking kill Darth Vader right there. You're so upset. And what do we see in The Last Jedi? Hux has been slapped around. The bad guys are throwing emo temper tantrums, slashing the wall. Like, your mask looks stupid. I'll break it. It's like, that's not a villain. That's not intimidating. I, I fucking hurt kids in mosh pits that are like Kylo. What the fuck is that? He's 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 like such a clown. It's like I can't take this seriously. Like okay, I'll, 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 for the for the most part, I'll, I'll throw that out. I'll not take it seriously. Try to enjoy the movie. 
And then you get there, and they introduce the stupid, we're running out of fuel. Like, all these years, 40 years of these movies, these spaceships never needed fuel. They have, like, nuclear reactors and shit in there, so they have infinite shit. Now we're introducing this concept of fuel for this slow chase that's stupid and boring. And you're sitting there like, wait a minute, why didn't the rebels run out of fuel why didn't, why didn't that ever happen in all these other movies? Because this idiot director introduced this concept that does not belong in Star Wars because he couldn't think of a way to throw them into a slow chase. So he invented this stupid thing, and now we have to accept it as canon? Fuck off. Okay, I do I do agree with you there. I, I had wondered that uh, in the back of my mind. It, it was never in the front of my mind because I was wrapped up in that chase. I, I, I thought it was great. I know it's slow, it's boring, you know, you have to keep moving from ship to ship to ship as fuel's running out. That That, that is new. Um, but it's still made for good drama. Mm, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, you can, you can have a slow chase, but they could have thought of more inventive ways to have that slow chase, you know. And, of course, the bombs dropping in space... What, how, how do you get gravity in space? They're dropping bombs in fucking space with zero gravity. Suddenly, there's some new way. And she's hanging over the fucking opening doors of the bomb bay and not getting sucked out into space. Yeah. Are you... What? This is, this is somebody who doesn't understand how to make a fucking Star Wars movie doing a Star Wars movie. That's Just somebody to, that doesn't understand how to do a space movie. Yeah. And I'll definitely give you that. While it was cool visually... That made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. No really? sense to me. Because I'm a big fan of that whole space quote-unquote genre. You know, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the reboot series, is actually my favorite television series of all time. All right, sorry about the glitch there. Um, I was talking about Battlestar Galactica being my all-time favorite TV series. Excellent. Original? Huh? Original Battlestar Galactica or the new sci-fi channel? Not the original, although I did love it as a kid. I have a hard time (laughs) even watching it now, although I do have the original movie on DVD or Blu-ray. I'll talk about the sci-fi series. Yeah. Greatest writing I've ever seen in a television show, next to maybe Breaking Bad. Yeah. And the space stuff was very believable. I, I liked the fact that there were bullets. I liked the fact that you didn't hear... You know, the pa 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 as they were shooting their guns in space. Mm-hmm. But you still heard sound because you would obviously still hear something inside the cockpit. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the pop, 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 pop. And when things exploded, it was always quiet. Which in the vacuum of space, you would imagine if something exploded, that's what it would be, is quiet. Yeah. Now this cat, did, who what, was it, Ryan Johnson that did The Last Jedi? The round-headed son of a bitch, yes. Okay, yeah. So the, the, the bombs dropping is obviously inaccurate, which is hilarious to say because we're talking about a freaking science fiction film. <laughs> With laser swords. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, but, but when you're dealing with stuff in space, you expect certain things. Yeah. Like, you know, like you said, the, the chick should have been sucked right out as soon as the Bombay yeah. drawers open. Well, how about two when Princess Leia comes back from being Mary Poppins? She comes into the chamber, the door is open, and nobody gets sucked out. Yeah. It's like, what the, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, that's, that's so painfully, like, simple to, to understand. Like, that, you know, like, you, you see it, what would happen there. So we're, we're just going to pretend like nothing, 
nothing's wrong. We're just going to pick her up off the floor after the fucking half of the doorway's open. Like, let's just open the door and grab grab her out from outside. You don't need a spacesuit. You're in space. So right. stu- stupid thinking. And it, it's an insult to the intelligence of people that have been watching this for 40 years to do these things and then present it here. This is actual canon. This is really smart thinking. We're going to update it. We're going to add some new twists and changes. It's like you added stupidity into it. It was much like the spaceship ramming in, hi- in hyper- hyperdrive, uh, the Holdo maneuver with the ostrich neck looking Laura Dern, which with the, oh, the, oh yeah, that's a whole other ball of wax we got to get to. Well, but, uh, well, let's go ahead and do that then. Because the Leia thing, I, I, I can't defend that. I can't defend that. You know, her using the force. Now, now suddenly she's a master. You know, and we don't know what happened in all the years before you know, Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. We don't know her strength as a Jedi. She, she never was a Jedi. They're just throwing this in because they can't think of a way to write something more creative. That's just how I see it. They have to add her, turn her into a Jedi Master, which they did into the into this... Uh, oh, I can't give you a spoiler. But, you know, when you start to change what she is into something else, it's like do you even like what she was as she as she was before that you have to alter it so because she she wasn't a Jedi but she was force sensitive and like force sensitive yeah that that's it yeah you didn't need to uh, to play it up like it's not it's not necessary like the characters are strong on their own you don't need to fuck with them don't if it ain't broke don't fix it but they tried to fix it especially at this day and age with when, when a lot of films are trying to bring out you know strong female leads. And I'm, I'm not against that at all. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely all for it. But uh, in that particular instance, mm-hmm. that was definitely done wrong. Yeah. Definitely well, you are... done wrong. Uh, you, you could kill her and have them save her and bring her back without sucking yeah. her out into space. And then all of a sudden she's able to feel her way back to the ship. Yeah. It was, it was done so badly. I mean, for all the other like cool visuals that they had in that film of like the fucking... X-wings on the water, the freaking oh, is it? The scenes with the X-wing, the scene of like the hyperspace stuff, a lot of the way the spaceships moved and all like there was a lot of really great stuff. Like you didn't, she just looked funny. Like and, like the whole time when she was out in space, everyone was laughing in the movie theater. Like get the fuck out of here. Like, exactly, because so, you really expect so her to have an umbrella in her hand. Yeah, you know, and then you got Holdo. Well, here's the thing, like. This is the one thing that happens now in all these movies, especially Disney, Star Wars, and the fandom. What they try to tell you is call you a name like a misogynist, a woman hater, a man baby, because you don't like these movies. It's like, that's not the point. The point is people don't like the quality of the writing. People don't like what they've done with the characters. But the only way that the people at Disney can turn around and use this as ammunition against someone is to call them a name so that way you're defending yourself over the name instead of talking about the problem of the film. So this is a tactic they always do now to call call people names. And it backfired with them because of the solo backlash. They're not doing it now because of what happened. But they love to say you don't like a strong female character and you're a misogynist because you don't like The Last Jedi or Rey. But we love Princess Leia. We have all the dolls. We have all the, the freaking toys freaking pillowcases and sheets we have all these things we love her she's amazing she's always been amazing we love strong female characters we just don't like them when they're written like shit or they're going to talk down to men like holdo 
who's basically a four-star bitch, and she's supposed to be this strong woman of power, but she looks like an awful purple-haired fashion run, project runway reject with that freaking ostrich net stupid costume they gave her. Please. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Please. She's a, she's a purple-haired fool. And, like, she doesn't tell Poe the plan of what's going to happen until he has the fucking space mutiny. And then, like, oh, that was the plan all along. It's like, what is this fucking writing? It's like, oh, gotcha. Oh, oh here's another gotcha from Ryan Johnson. Hey, <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? It's like, I would love to punch that guy in the fucking head. I really would love to, to slap him right upside the head because he thinks he's really clever and he's not. He doesn't understand any of these characters. But we still have this purple-haired lady who's in charge of everything and Leia. And... They're both. They're all talking down to all the men in the film. All the men are subordinates. All the men are, are like pains in their asses. They're not heroes. The women are supposedly the heroes, and I don't appreciate, like, watching, like heroes in my heroes in my films that I want to watch. I don't want to watch men get, like, chided the whole time because of some agenda that these people at Disney have. Because Kathleen Kennedy put this in. She's one of the main reasons this is all shit, because. She has this notion that she has to produce, you know, profit, obviously, because Disney, you know, they want to get, like, the, the little girls empowered, and that's all fine and good, but do it in your own movies. Do it in your Frozen film. Leave it out of Star Wars. But they decided to stick in these little agendas to show that women can do it, too. But, yeah, we, we know women can do that because Leia's done it. We don't need to be scolded. And all the men in that movie are scolded, and they're like cuckold little men that, that run behind the girls. I mean, Finn is getting zapped by Rose. Then she gets kissed by him. Like, the most awkward, you know, uncomfortable kiss you've ever seen in a film. Like, he looks like he's going to throw up when she kisses him. And yeah. there's that line. It's like, she did. She Okay, she sort of liked him at the start, right? She, she found out who he was. She was excited, and she zaps him in his, in his, in his cock or whatever. With a stun gun. <laughs> like, okay. Again, I thought it was a funny scene. And Finn just... He's played as kind of a bubbling idiot anyway. But but they did that now. He was like... Had this great character arc in The, uh, the Force of Weekends. Holy shit, we're going to see what it's like to have been a stormtrooper. This is great. And then suddenly they turn him into the, the token uh, mascot for jester and it's like come on you know you just threw away that character's really great storyline to tell a story about space space horses and slave children and and how you should hate the rich because they're rich it's like that's, yeah, that's, not... that's a mentality i've never understood anyway seems like it's more something to strive for than to hate well look how rich kathleen kennedy is like they want to look like they're heroes putting out a good social message so they could get like some praise from the Hollywood elites or whatever, because the fans don't care for this shit. They just want to see great action and great stories in space. It's a space opera, you know, like a soap opera. You don't need to have these angry modern day messages in it. Like, you know, the whole overarching thing that George Lucas had was really philosophical compared to this. This is like current time bullshit that's obviously going to go away eventually. But you're you're still here, like preaching. You don't need to be preaching, you know. Star Wars fans are smart; they can figure out the messages. But you don't need to overtly preach. And I and I definitely agree with you. But is there a problem? Like I said, somebody like me, I 
I really don't care about all that. Yeah, I just, I think it's, a lot of it is just, I enjoy seeing Star Wars on the big screen again. You know, I remember it as a little kid. I remember it through the 90s and such. What was it, late 90s, early 2000s when the prequels came out. You know, I, I like that feeling. And I like the way this is filmed. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's obviously things that we could discuss all day long. You know, where it comes to, uh, you know, plot holes. Uh, you know, things that, you know, just shouldn't be. And... Space cow tits. <laughs> Luke drinking milk in space cow tits. Really? That's Star Wars? That's I mean, great. <laughs> uh, they, they took the character of you, you, Luke Skywalker, who is a whole total bowl of optimism and, you know, perseverance, and turned him into an angry hermit sucking green milk from space tits. <laughs> and because, you don't see the comedy in that. I don't think you should humiliate your main character. You, you haven't had him on screen for so many years. He's not there for comedy. He's there for being your hero again. I want. I would rather see Luke, Han, and Leia have gotten into some adventure that they bring the new characters into and go along with the new characters, and then you can let go of the old characters while the new ones are built up. Instead, they just shit on Han, they kill him, they shit on Space Leia because she's Mary Poppins, they shit on Luke and turn him into a green tit-milking, whatever, angry old man, angry angry dude the basket. And he doesn't even want to train Ray because she's annoying, and she's quivering in his face and confused, her confusing acting. It's like he doesn't want to deal with her. It's like this isn't this is becoming something else. It's not it's not what the character has established the last forty years. I mean you don't need to be the same character, but you can take liberties but you don't turn it one eighty. It just it just doesn't work for you. Sure. And I get I get that. And I, and I certainly understand where you know folks like yourself and uh, you know many other fans are pissed off with these films. Uh, mm -hmm. the hyperdrive explosion thing. Beautiful to look at, but doesn't make sense in the universe of Star Wars. Okay, now how do you say it doesn't make sense? Because I know it's nothing I've ever seen before. Well, usually when they go into hyperdrive, they basically flip through. Like, you know, the stars would streak, and they're already in another, another dimension. How the ship would actually smash into it, it just, to me, doesn't make sense. Because they're already jumping into another dimension. They would have been in the other dimension before there would be an impact, but okay, maybe there's a little bit of play in between, but, you know, they, they for that for that purpose, right? They could, okay, have gotten, yeah. they could have gotten, like, six other spaceships in the other movies and put them all into hyperdrive and smacked the Death Star. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you upset the history and the lineage of what's been established in this universe by doing that. You, you They didn't need to do the, the X-Wing run. They could have taken a big spaceship, put a, put a droid on it, and sent it into the Death Star. Done. Yeah. No, no big, no big battle. No, all these sets. Now the other movies don't make sense. Yeah, no, you know, and uh, I'd actually never thought of that because I just thought it was such a cool visual. It was a beautiful visual. It's so well done. You know, but, but uh, you're right. It's more like the Enterprise jumping into warp mm -hmm. than uh, jumping into hyperspace. Yeah, I, I never really put that together. So that's definitely interesting. That's definitely yeah. interesting. Um. Man, I hate that we can't talk Rise because I haven't seen it. I well, have that, heard people... Yeah, go that, ahead. That could be another episode. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I do want to discuss what I've seen in trailers. 
Happy that Lando's back. Hope they don't screw him up. The whole Ray being able to fight like a master, I don't know what the timeline is. I, I remember the original movies, they were supposed to be, what, 10 years apart or something? So you know there's time for growth. Oh, from Force Awakens to um, the other movie, there's really not much time apart from it. There's, there's no big span of time. This seems to have a little bit of span of time for her to get in her five minutes of on-screen training. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, come on. Luke and Yoda, there wasn't a lot of training time there either. And then he comes back, he's a master in Return of the Jedi. I mean... He basically I, I, trained for the movie. Like, he trained during that movie was his, was basically his training. It's like, half of the movie was hidden on Dagobah. But, sure, sure. And, it, and I'll stipulate to that, but do we really need another 45 minutes of Star Wars film with this chick training, or can we just assume that enough time has passed where she's trained enough and now has a little bit of mastery? I won't call her Skywalker, Vader, you know, Darth Maul mastery. <laughs> Wait till you see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to see this, so so let's not jump into rides yeah, too much. Yeah. Um, uh, Rogue yeah, One. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Rogue One? Because I thought that was absolutely amazing. I know you hated Solo, and I want to get back to Solo here eventually, too. But Rogue One is that damn story we had been hearing for years in the original film. You know, we all know the story of, you know, the, the mission to get those plans. And how many right. people died getting those plans. Dude, put the dream! <laughs> <laughs> I love imitating him. When that movie came out, I was having a lot of fun with Forrest Whitaker. But um, I liked Rogue One. I think uh, it was a good Star Wars movie. I felt the female lead could have been a little bit more, you know, likable. I mean, she was just kind of flat to me. Like, uh, I didn't really have a passion towards towards what she did. I liked what she did, but I was just not like, yay, Jyn Erso. You know, I was just like, uh, okay, there you go. Right. Um, I was surprised. Uh, uh, you know, there were a couple of things they could have done to make it a little more interesting. But I, I like the film overall. Like I, I, I'd say this is the other little gold star I'd give Disney because a lot of it was pretty true. There was a lot of great scenes, and you know, you know, I love my man Donnie Yen. I, I'm, I'm all about Donnie Yen and martial arts films, so right. I was ha happy to see him. But I wanted him to have more screen time. And the other good thing I liked about it was it didn't follow the, the whole thing of um, everybody walks away happily into the sunset. What I liked was everybody got smashed and like they were just like oh fuck at the end like it's like a foreign film where nobody lives like a horror movie whatever and nobody, everybody dies you know it's like the finality on that and the seriousness of that makes it have a little more kick but i felt there, there could have been a little bit more interesting writing here and there but overall i liked it yeah i thought it was uh, really well done i um i like the digital recreation of grand moff tarkin in there yeah uh, that was Crazy, crazy scary in a sense. Yeah, you know, because, you know, that's another one I saw on the big screen. In fact, the only <laughs> one I never saw on the big screen was Solo. I wasn't mm. able to get to the theater for that one, but I owned it. You know? <laughs> Don't worry, the theaters weren't full. <laughs> <laughs> the fandom menace, we strike, we strike again. I just couldn't go. That was around the time that I had lost my job. Uh. We had gone to that downside, so I could not go see it. I would have loved to have seen it. 
But what I like about Rogue One is Disney does such a great job. They, they've always been known for animation. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it looked like he was there. We know that guy's been dead for years. Yeah. And yeah it, I, even the voicing was amazing. They definitely set a, a standard there. That They set a bar for that. Although the Princess Leia was kind of scary, though. Well, I tell you what, uh, seeing that film was bittersweet for me because as I was standing in line to see Rogue One, you know, I was scrolling through my feed on my phone, and that's when I had seen that Carrie Fisher had died. Uh, so then yeah. I watched this movie with no knowledge. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you see her at the end of it, and it just made it hit home that much harder. You know, yeah. when you see that young Leia, and I thought it was an amazing job they did with her. You know, to, to make her look that way, uh, the CGI. But the Vader scenes is what oh, makes yeah. that movie stand out. <laughs> yeah, I could go with that. That, that Vader scene was a real kick in the ass. You know, because you, uh, you know, with with Rise of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith, whatever it was called, you know, you see Anakin turn, and you see Anakin doing these horrific things. You know, killing younglings and, the, and that amazing fight between Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. but you never see Vader ever as a badass. You know, with Star Wars, obviously the martial arts type choreography with a sword play wasn't that good. It wasn't really that good in The Empire Strikes Back. And it really wasn't that good in Return of the Jedi. It's very mundane sword play. I really preferred the sword play in those uh, prequel movies. Yep. To see yeah, Vader snap off like you did, and you get 10 minutes of amazing screen time with Vader as Leia and the Rebels are escaping away, you know, to take the, you know, those stolen plans to Yavin. Because we know mm-hmm. we're leading up into Star Wars at this point, that film. Because literally, you turn off Rogue One, you start Star Wars right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Why do we not have a Darth Vader series? That might be coming. They might be, they might be doing something like that. Cause, I, um, I did see that. They even said Hayden Christensen might come back. And I liked him as Anakin. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people thought he was whiny or whatnot, but... Yeah, he got a couple of shit lines. I don't think he's a terrible actor, but I think he got a couple of shit lines in those films. But um, I liked him, too. I thought he was okay. I, I, I couldn't, you know... I couldn't see anything really painfully wrong with what he did aside from some of that script right. and the sand yeah. and it's, uh, it's coarse and it gets everywhere <laughs> <laughs> like really <laughs> now, George, well, what could you do? George wake up George come on try again <laughs> Lucas is a long way from writing American Graffiti in the original Star Wars for Christ's sakes <laughs> yeah. they should do an American Graffiti movie but it's based in Star Wars yeah. <laughs> and just mess with George's head and see what happens. But yeah, that, that would be great. Right. Yeah, that, like you're saying about the sword play, it's just really some killer shit there. Like, I saw the training behind the scenes for that, and it was just, yeah, they were they were bringing it. Yeah, they did an awful lot of work. All, all the special features, all the behind-the-scenes stuff from the, uh, that original prequel was absolutely amazing. Other than the fucking green screen shit. It's mm-hmm. all done on blue stage or green stage, whatever they were using at the time. You know, that's yeah. like I said. That's my biggest problem with that original tr- or that uh, prequel trilogy. 
which mm -hmm. is why I'm such a fan of these new ones, despite any flaws, is that it looks like Star Wars. And to yeah, me, yeah. that's important, is to make it look like Star Wars. Yeah, the writing needs to be there, and I don't think it's as bad as someone who's so diehard is, you know, thinks it is. But it looks like Star Wars, it feels like Star Wars, and, you know, the, the new social agenda messages aside, I think that's just something we're going to have to deal with. I think that's going to be there forever. I think those social messages are going to start to fall away. I, I feel that it's fading now. Especially well, if, if because the Mandalorian of the new film. is any in, uh, indication that you're absolutely right. Oh, the new film. You know, because we had a strong female lead that wasn't overbearing. You know, it, 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 it fit... It fit the story as it should. You know, not this... Like you said, ostrich necks, you know, bitch. Mm -hmm. It really fit the story in the, in, in the timeline. But I want to get to The Mandalorian a little bit later. Um, so you're okay with Rogue One. Yeah. What we're going to do is I'm going to hit some music and then we'll come back and let's talk a little bit about Solo. Okay. All right, so uh, from Balls to Picasso, this is Bruce Dickinson, Hell No.
Alright, great album, underrated. Always enjoyed that. I enjoyed it when it first came out. I actually wanted to play Cyclops, but I was like almost a bit as long, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, Solo, I, Hollywood flop? Box office flop? Absolutely. They lost a lot of money on that film, and there's a lot of photographs of uh, empty movie theaters on opening times when that film came out. And plus, um, what was the other problem with that movie? Uh, there was a lot of comedy of errors actually behind the scenes of that because of the way they fucked up with the directors and then fired the main guys who were working on it who were writing it and because it was too comedic and then they brought in uh, Ron Howard and he had to reshoot like close to 80% of the movie because they couldn't use what they did earlier and then it was a good action film like in, in the Star Wars universe I think it could have worked if you didn't call it Solo and try to explain Han Solo because it's not Han Solo it's just this guy and this crazy fan fiction. I don't need to know his last name and stuff. Part of Han Solo's mystique is him being a, a mysterious guy. Like you don't need you don't know his background. Like you don't need to explain his background. It's to me, it's like what happened with Cats, the movie, because you don't need to turn a Broadway play everything into a movie. You didn't need to turn Solo into a movie, and and it it shows. And plus, also the Last Jedi left a lot of deep in the hardcore fans pissed off because of what they did to Luke and they chose not to see this and boycott it and I'm one of those people that boycott it and it was a successful smack right on the mouse right on the lip for Disney because of the money they lost sure and I you know again I, I don't disagree with the reasoning I couldn't see it because I just couldn't go see it mm -hmm. But as, I belong to the Disney Movie Club because I, I love Disney. You know, that's one of the other things I want to touch on in here a little bit later. Sure. But um, as soon as it hit Blu-ray, mm -hmm. I bought it you know, okay. right away. And I, dude, it was such a fun movie. I liked seeing, you know, the, the card game between Han and Lando where, you know, where Han finally wins the Millennium Falcon. I liked seeing how he ended up, you know, meeting Chewbacca, how those two guys got together. Oh, really? Speaking Wookiee? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the the, the Wookiee talk didn't need to happen. I mean, it it didn't need to happen, but it was ball. funny. It, yeah. was, it was funny. That's, that's probably one of those scenes Rod Howard probably should have pulled because of the comedic thing. But it worked in the context of the film, I thought. What I also liked about it is... Um, where the Star Wars saga is a space opera, right. the film Star Wars is a space western. Mm -hmm. It's a shoot 'em up movie. Yeah, that was the feeling I got from Solo. Mm. I thought that Woody Harrelson did a great job. Love Woody. You know, um, I, the guy that played Han Solo. I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. I don't even know the guy's name. Alden Ehrenreich. But I think uh, he looks. Like a young Harrison Ford. Well, I think you know, there's a, a contingent of fans as big as the Rose Bowl Stadium filled on game day that would disagree with that statement. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, he does, dude. You know, he, his he, head he, is his head is square like my amplifier behind me. He's got a big square head, and he, he's just a big blockhead. He's not handsome like Harrison Ford was or dashing. He's just like. The reason this guy got hired is because somebody's daughter thought he was attractive. There was like 10 or something other people that were 
supposed to be in the running, and they should have got Anthony and Gruber because he looks exactly like a young Harrison Ford, and he can act, and he's a proven actor. This guy, Alden Ehrenreich, ended up having to get acting lessons midway through the shoot of this movie because he's a not a good actor. It's but actually I still, a, a I true still thing. feel he. Uh... Because Harrison Ford is not the same in every movie, obviously. Han Solo, there's a very specific swagger. There's a very specific yep. way he holds his head. There's a very specific way he says things. It's very cocky. And I thought this guy really did a good job. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed that... And maybe it was too much to fit into one movie. But I know they weren't trying to make it a series. But oh, I they know the Kessel Run we had always heard about. I liked seeing that play out. Mm. You know, it was that that was entertaining to me. You know, there was so much about that movie that I thought was great that it irks me that I couldn't go give my thirteen fifty to see the three D version on the damn big screen up there in Watertown, New York. Yeah, good old Watertown. Yeah, yeah um, I ended up seeing it on Netflix. I didn't see it in a the theater. I stayed away from it, but. Um, Watching it on Netflix, I was like, this really could have been a decent space movie if it wasn't solo. Like, if you just took that name out, put this like an adventure in the Star Wars universe, boom. I'm like, this could be watchable, could be could be okay. I mean, there's nice special effects, you know, gotta love Chewbacca whenever he's on screen. Um, and, you know, this guy, to me, is just not Han Solo. Like, I don't feel a single thing from it, and then... I'm not alone in that statement, <laughs> but you know, you, you see, everybody sees their own type of thing they like in a movie that they they get a feel for. So I can understand where you have this feeling that he, he nailed Harrison Ford, but I don't see it at all. And well, um, and I understand that because I do, I remember you sent me a YouTube clip of this guy, mm-hmm. the, the one you were talking about, and he was basically doing all of Han Solo's lines, sitting behind his table or something. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the fans wanted that guy, but you know, I think he he lost out to somebody's uh, studio choice, like that was done uh, kind of randomly. But you know, here we are. It's like it's, it's done. But um, I, I consider it like a a, a decent movie because it's Ron Howard. I mean, Ron Howard doesn't fuck around with making movies, but he basically walked into a big fire and had to fix it. So I, I can't really say that uh, cohesively this film was thought out that well because of the firings and the reshoots that were necessary to finish it. So I, I got to give him a little slack on that because, you know, there's more things going on behind the scenes that, that contributed to the problems of that movie, aside from The Last Jedi, for it to be a, a solid feature. So right. you know, yeah, I, 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 I give it a little slack. to clean up the mess, you know, yeah. I... As far as cleaning up the mess, I think he did a good job. You know, uh, there, was there silliness in it? Of course. Yeah. You know, of course. There tends to be silliness in every Star Wars film since the very beginning. You know, yeah. uh, like the infamous scene with the stormtrooper trying to, you know, bum rush the room where, uh, you know, 3PO and uh, R2 are. And he hits his head on the damn door and it's got left in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know. You know, so there, there's there's been silliness throughout. I uh, I thought it did well as a space western. You know, it's, it's, come on, it had a trade robbery for Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's you more go. western than that? That's as western as it gets. You know? They just need to cut some cowboy hats and it would have been set. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Great movie, I thought. Uh, was it the best Star Wars film? No, of course not. But it let me know that these little side project movies, because all we have is trilogies. Mm-hmm. They're going to make uh, spin-offs now, I think, more than um, feature trilogies. So you think they'll continue to do movies? Yeah, I, th- I think their their best bet seems to be doing single movies instead of a full-on blown-out trilogy. Like, I could see them... Well, they're going to do the Obi-Wan series. That's already supposedly happening, and um, they're working on another Star Wars project right now that, that has no name. That, like, some people already said... Uh, they, they haven't figured out... They have they don't even have it figured out what it is, but they, they kind of have a feeling it's going to be a female-led Star Wars uh, feature that's going to be on Disney Plus or in the, in the theater. So that's some of the stuff happening. But I think, uh, you know, with Solo, you didn't need to say, oh, you're alone? Oh, Solo would be your last name. It's like, come on, get get the fuck... Write something better than that. That's really stupid. Like, it's like you, you start to pull yourself out of taking a movie seriously when they add these things up. So that kind of like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they you know, probably could have done away with the, the, the name explanation yeah. thing. We just could have gone with his name as frickin' Solo because it's hot Solo, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll definitely stipulate to that. That was probably the only thing I absolutely hated about that film is the explanation of the name. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's Han Solo. He's he's like the most biggest badass. Like, doesn't he deserve better than than that? Or him uh, bringing him down to speak Wookiee, which we know throughout all the Star Wars films, he never had to do that to talk to Chewbacca. Like, right. that's just how it was. Like, he can they understood each other, but we don't know how the space thing. But we, oh, suddenly he's speaking Wookiee. Yeah, that's that's smart, guys. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like I said, for me, that was just funny. <laughs> I, I laughed my ass off when I saw that. <laughs> and I, I have to admit, I kind of thought, really? <laughs> He's growling and barking now? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they were in the shower together, which was, uh, um, okay. That was hilarious. Come on, dude. <laughs> that, what is it, Wookiee style? We're going to get some, some Wookiee, Wookiee action? I mean, what is this? <laughs> That was hilarious. I had, I absolutely had no problem with that scene. I have a bigger problem with the him barking and growling. <laughs> well, maybe he started barking and growling after that shower part. You know? <laughs> yeah. Saw some, saw some Wookiee nads and said, "Okay, that's it. That's why we're, hey, coo- that's why we're cooped up on this little spaceship." <laughs> that's why he stuck with him all those years. <laughs> yeah, Wookiee style. Oh. All right, now the one I want to get into, a series that you see all over the internet, all over the Star Wars fanboy pages, the series that has saved Disney and Star Wars, and that is The Mandalorian. Hell fucking yes. I have a hard time finding anything wrong with this series. I even tried to pick apart the Baby Yoda thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, for all you fucking nerds out there, we know he's not Yoda. <laughs> this this takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yoda's dead. This is a 50-year-old baby. We know that. <laughs> but we don't know what the fuck Yoda species is, and the only time we've ever seen it is Yoda, so damn it, it's baby Yoda until we're told otherwise. That's right. <laughs> Good God. By the way, congratulations on the Yoda you made, the baby Yoda. 
that mm-hmm. bucket thing is brilliant, dude. It's amazing. I uh, I need to steal a picture of it and put it up with this episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, as the header, because that thing is just <laughs> amazing. What did you make it out of? Uh, Chris right. and I were talking about it. We didn't know if you were using modeling clay or what. Well, um, it's actually that cheap stuff from Crayola. I was like uh, in the mood, and I'm like, let me give myself some little challenge here because it's the model magic from Crayola, and um, it's air drying, which is why I, I went for using that because I didn't feel like baking it because I was going to have acrylic eyes in it. Um, so yeah, it, it's that stuff. It's it's way too soft to do what I, I did to do this, but um, I, I I don't talk about it. But when I first came to LA, I worked actually on Star Wars toys. Like I wow. I worked at a company and I, I did some of the you know the shampoo bottle tops. This was probably around ninety nine two thousand when they had those come out. Um, and uh, I came out to LA as a sculptor. I've worked professionally doing sculpture. I've done action figures i've done uh, resin kits i i can do anything i see but i came out here to do that as work in la but like it didn't really pan out since at the time i had a family and it wasn't paying enough money so i kind of kept it on the side so i actually worked on some darth vader head that i did and supposedly a t-shirt holder and this was long before we had uh, 3d scanning and long before we had vacuum form stuff but uh one absolute Star Wars related thing was I was working on the Darth Vader head and in the studio I was at, which would remain nameless, but it was a Hollywood studio that, like my first job when I got in LA. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I am. Um, this guy comes up to me and has got a Hawaiian shirt on and he's uh, looking at me sculpting because I'm doing the brow and Darth Vader because he's got this like little sharp point in the middle. And he's like, yeah, that's a really good Darth Vader head you're doing there, man. I really like it. I'm like, oh, thanks. And I, I turn around like, who are you, Hawaiian shirt guy? Okay, see ya, bye. Uh, my friends tapped me on the shoulder coming over. Like, you, you know who that was? You know, like, That's Rick McCallum. He won the Oscar for Star Wars. Oh, wow. So I actually worked with the that, people. Dude, that's who, high praise. Yeah, yeah. So I was basically on cloud nine, and uh, I realized that the first thing in Hollywood is, you know, you, you basically do a lot of these jobs, and then you're, you're out. Then, like, the job's... You know, they come and go, like as, as they need a product push to push certain toys out. Once that run is done, you're basically done and you're out. And then, like, they'll bring in another crew. Like, you know, people jump ship all over the place. And I wasn't ready for that with what I was doing. So I didn't remain in that field. So. But I was uh, surprised because, uh, like I said, uh, your baby Yoda spot on, you know, mm-hmm. looks just like him. I, I was surprised because I know about your computer graphics skill. I didn't realize you had actual art skill too. That was that was just another aspect of Vince that I didn't know about that I was intrigued by. I was like, holy shit, he's not messing around over here. Now could you draw too or is it strictly sculpt? Sculpt is my thing. I could draw if I if I practice a little bit. I've had like some crazy drawing classes, so I've I've taken it for a while. But sculpture is second nature to me. I could see whatever whatever I see I could do. And I am really fast at it. Like I can sketch like how people sketch fast, I can do that in clay and stuff. But you know, in a society now where everything is like three D and the computer and now they have three D printers, like it's not really as needed. Like Funko Pops are all made with computers and not made with people sculpting anymore so unless you do like certain parts but um it's not really a profitable thing but like it's it's something i've done since i was like nine or ten years old and 
I, I could just do whatever I see. And like I used to freak people out with it because I'm, I'm like super fast. Like like in art school, you know those kneaded rubber erasers? Yeah. Like I, I would sculpt those into hands and things. And in art class once, my friend was drawing and I waited until the teacher was close and I grabbed it and I sculpted it really fast. And the teacher came to make him do his corrections. And the moment he reached down to use it to change what she was talking about, he didn't pick up a needed eraser. I made it the worst gnarly looking dick and balls you've ever seen. And he shit his pants as the teacher looked at him like uh, a dick and balls eraser. And I was already halfway down the hall because he was chasing and cursing me out. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I do fun stuff like that all the time. So. That's, that's awesome. I didn't realize you had that talent. I'll be putting my order in for a Baby Yoda, by the way. I should be I should be casting these up because everybody everybody had a cow over this. And, like, I guess nobody – I never really put stuff I did online. No. But, yeah. I, I had no idea you had this talent. <laughs> so that's, that's absolutely amazing. You absolutely should. I'm first in line to buy one. I made it for less than 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, shit. Not bad at yeah. all. Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> why? Why do we love the Mandalorian so much? Um, you know, one of the first things I see when you look at it, it's shot like original Star Wars. Like the cinematography, the wipes and the fades from scene to scene are like Star Wars. The whole feel is there. Like you know, we can be built up with special effects these days, but there's just an earthy feel to this. That's just so. So Star Wars, so like everything we remember, you know, and um, like it, it just basically has like the right elements. It absolutely does, and uh, even because because you know it's a series, um, it's a lot more fun to go watch it now that it's all released. Yeah. It doesn't take very long. It's about as long as a Star Wars film, you know, two and a half, three hours, you know. But you know, the end of every episode is. Mando, because I can't remember his actual name. They they did finally reveal it by the end of the series of this season. It's always leaving a planet. That's very Star Wars anyway, because nothing ever happens in one damn location. That was the beauty of Lucas's vision, is all the different settings. You know, the first one you had the brown, you know, dusty, sandy. The second one was you know it opened up. It's just white and dreary. Then, of course, the third one, you got all the green, the forest. I love the fact that they're using that. You know, that, you know, going to all these different planets. Uh, the Bounty Hunter story, I, I always thought would be an interesting story. And uh, Favreau, is, he's got to be a fan because he seems to be nailing everything. Favreau is a deep fan of Star Wars. He, he, he can talk about Star Wars lit up like a kid like we both do like he's he's really in deep and he, he understands it he gets it star wars is kind of to him what sort of made him push to be a filmmaker like this was a passion of his and it shows it totally shows absolutely he's boy he's making money from disney now between freaking uh the marvel universe and, and now the star wars universe i would like yeah. to see him involved with the obi-wan kenobi series uh, I don't think he's going to be, but uh, I would like that too. You know, because I think he would do a do a great job there. Um, and I guess after we finally see a writer who doesn't seem to be making mistakes. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we could pick apart all these other films and we could find flaws in them all. Like I said, I enjoy all of them. There's some I enjoy more than others, but I've enjoyed all of them. But I can find no flaws in anything. I mean, we all thought this was going to be Boba Fett. It's not Boba Fett, although right. I hear they may try to do that too. But I, I don't think it's necessary. I think the whole Mandalorian Creed thing is an excellent storyline. The, uh, the the Baby Yoda thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would have had as much gold if it wasn't that character? I think it would have been down, you know. The, the one thing about, about Disney is they really can't push it too far because it's a family channel. The only way I think they would have gotten gold without Baby Yoda is if this was really violent and this was like, you know, no holds barred, nasty people getting their asses blasted, you know, all at, like kind of like a, a John Wick in space. I'd see that's the only way they do it without Baby Yoda. But, you know, I, I can dream, but, you know, <laughs> Boy, that definitely. Boy, badass. <laughs> you know, I can talk of, for days about that John Wick franchise. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people want to see a bounty hunter's life as it is, as it would be, and, and it wouldn't be pretty. And I don't know if you could get that on a Disney, Disney network. So they might as well keep it cute. Obviously, the Baby Yoda's awesome with children everyone loves that sure um so Grown it's, it's 45 gonna... 50 year old bed love baby yoda look at me i got inspired yeah, <laughs> I absolutely to, i had to make one because it was too freaking cute and like uh i knew that it wouldn't be too too tough but i think that what they've done with it have you heard of the lone wolf and cub series no it's um well there's a japanese series of movies like like uh where it's sort of based on the guy protecting his child which i think i'm gonna have to expose you to because there's a little bit deeper stuff going on around that um but there's elements there taken from like uh some of the classic japanese movies by kurosara you know about like the lone samurai and type stuff uh it's probably going to go into a whole other discussion with that with me because i'm a big fan of that but some of that element that's there is really obvious and uh, it really makes it, you know, shine even brighter to me. Like it resonates better to me. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, you know, we, I feel like some episodes could have been a little better. Like there could have been some of it was a little bit filler with uh, the, um, the other bounty hunter that looked like a, a boy band guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that episode, I, it, there was some cool stuff in it, but to me, it, it like it could have been better. Like that's probably one of the weakest ones for me. Right, because yeah, I know the ones that really stand out to me. Uh, obviously, when he first finds his target, or uh, what the, what the hell do they call him? The child. Yeah, oh. well, yeah. Well, I know he's the child, but the asset is what they keep calling it. The asset. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you see little baby Yoda. That's your awe moment. And you realize this guy's a scumbag because he's a bounty hunter. So you don't expect that turn where mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm not turning him over. Yeah. I thought that was really exciting. The episode with Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. was glorious. I've got no complaints whatsoever in that. Dude, that scene where he catches Bill Burr just fucking blew my mind. I was like, 
falling out of my chair going, you motherfuckers, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah, they, they did a real... That whole episode on that prison ship was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I it's, love... it's hard... Oh, if, uh, on, on that a little bit, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Krabs from Spongebob and Kurgan Highlander is, is that that devil guy. <laughs> you know, that that's Clancy Brown, who, who's uh, Mr. Krabs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. That's the guy from Highlander, the original one, the bad guy. Yeah, Kurgan. There can only be one. That's yeah. him. I, I did not know that. I knew I recognized him, but I couldn't place him because of all the makeup, obviously. Yeah. But it was, <coughs> excuse me, it was a, it, you know, a, a real good episode. You know, when he teams up with a female bounty hunter and they think they're going to leave, you know, Baby Yoda with that real primitive culture that they're trying to get to fight back, mm -hmm. you know, against uh, whoever that is. Looks like the Empire to me, but. Dog people. <laughs> right. You know, because they have one of those, uh, it's not an ad because those were the four-legged walkers, but, you know, the Return of the Jedi two-legged walkers. ATST. There it is, ATST. See, that's when you know we're nerds, is that we know <laughs> these things. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you should just know X-Wing Fighter and uh, uh, Star Destroyer, Millennium Falcon, and uh, uh, TIE Fighter, because that's all that's ever said on screen. What the Otherwise, hell is the Aluminum Imperial Falcon? walkers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I thought yeah. it was really well done. And, you know, the way the series ends, first of all, the writing's top-notch all the way through, it seems like. You know, yeah. there don't seem to be a lot of flaws, even if it drags. You know, most of your episodes are 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes. You do have a couple of 40-minute episodes in there. That's why I say you can spend two, three hours the same you would to watch any other Star Wars film mm -hmm. and watch this entire series. I'm glad season two's coming back. You know, they're coming back with a second season. Yeah, they've left it open to finally show us this species because it seems like the Mandalorian can go ahead and take baby Yoda for lack of a better name the child back to his people yeah I want to know are all these fuckers just badass force users because baby Yoda you know he's 50 but he's still an infant but that dude's got some force strength yeah, that flamethrower uh, stormtrooper sure found that out. Oh, that was a beautiful scene. And I love that because he's so young, that it exhausts him. Have you noticed every time that he has to really use the force for something, it exhausts him? Yeah. Because of his age. And I'm sorry, the Carl Weathers scene. Do the wavy hand thingy. Do the magic hand thingy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, to me, that's classic Star Wars because it's yeah. panic... You're surrounded, and it's funny all at the same time. That's classic Star Wars. You know, I got to make a meme. That's being meme caught in the damn garbage pit with the that little monster coming up after everybody. That's, it's exactly right. Yeah, I got to make a little meme of that and have him flip the bird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. But, uh, what no. about IG-88 when he, when he came rolling in with the fucking speeder bike? Were you yeah. ready for that? No, that was, I was like, what? <laughs> when he, he rolled in this, like a badass too he was a boss he was kicking everyone's ass down the line and then when he flipped his body around it was just like holy shit 
You could do a lot of fun stuff with that damn robot. I had the toy when I was a kid from yeah. Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, all right, I got this skinny robot. Yeah, there he is, you know. Now you see him fight. It's just like, holy shit, you could do a lot with this fucking guy. We need to bring another one of those back. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is because in the Empire Strikes Back, you had that whole row of bounty hunters. You know, the IG-88 was there. I remember the lizard guy with the yellow suit. I don't remember what his species was called or what his name was. And you had Boba Fett. They're all talking to Vader about, you know, capturing Solo and such. And uh, I thought it was fun that a character that was in the background was finally brought to life. And, yeah, like you said, you're you're seeing what a badass these bounty hunter droids really are. Yeah. Like the, his arms are going in every direction, just all haywire, and he's, like, hitting everybody. Oh, yeah, accurate as hell. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, you know, when, uh, when you think the Mandalorian is going to lose out and all those other Mandalorians show up, you know, protecting him because this is the way. You know, I mm -hmm. thought that was great. I thought, you know, the Ugnot. I yeah. remember them from The Empire Strikes Back. They just had a bit role of scavengers. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was a great character. The uh, I don't know if it was CGI or if it was costuming, makeup. They did a much better job. They, he's still pig-ish without looking like a little pig. You know, I've seen some sketches of what looks like a, you know, Jabba's Gaborian guard. Right, it looks right. like they may show up in the next season. And I think that could be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, John Favreau posted that picture. So it looks like there's going to be some fun stuff ahead, especially since uh, Moff Gideon is pissed off. And he's got that freaking dark blade. Right. Now, here's, here's, here's some speculation I've seen. And, you know, it's Facebook. It's all speculation because, it, you know, if it's on Facebook, it must be true. Uh -huh. I hear people talking about bringing Darth Maul back. Yeah. How could you do that when Obi-Wan cut his ass in half? Well, he's in the end of Solo with robot legs, but he was completely cut in half, you know? I guess he maybe he foresealed himself on the way down. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't see the new movie. Oh, oh God, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to watch it. I may have to have a buddy of mine send that to me and then just go pay for it and see it again with, with, with the lady. Hint, hint. <laughs> so I think the Mandalorian shows that uh, maybe Disney understands. Get the right, get the right writer. Yeah. You could film it all correctly. Because out of those out of this new trilogy, if there's one thing you have to admit is it was filmed correctly. Yeah. It looks like Star Wars. I there's, there's absolutely totally a thousand percent on that. It's like totally right. I didn't expect it to look as good as it did. Like I was like, okay, we're gonna get this shit that's gonna be like some sci fi network and people in cosplay. But this there's just like the whole lighting, the feel. It's like they made it like dramatic, like the um, the female uh, Mandalorian's chamber. Like right. everything with that was gorgeous, and especially how she, even she, you don't fuck with the Mandalorian women. She beat the piss out of all those stormtroopers. She was, oh, yeah. it was like eight of them, and she took them out alone. It's like, all right. These people are, like, not to be fucked with in any way. Yeah, they're like the ultimate warriors, you know? It's like, in, in, in old, like, 80s Japanese-type films, or, you know, what Americans ended up loving, they were like the ninja. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, 
you know, they're just absolute badass, in, out, they'll fuck you up if they have to. You know, it's, it's just, it's done very well, you know, and, and, you know, plot holes aside, I think the, this new trilogy is filmed the same way, it looks right. Oh, you know what I mean? um... I like the the wipes, the fades, all that stuff. That's Star Wars. I and I guess that's maybe what my eye gravitates to, that I'm not... Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Vince, I have the most easily entertained son of a bitch on the face of the planet. <laughs> Obviously, Sammy Hagar, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if something looks good or sounds good to me, I'm entertained by it. I like Billy Vanilli for fuck's sake, and I know they didn't sing a single song, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, now look at you. Now look at and at this time, this point in time, you look at Billy Vanilli, and it's like it wasn't so bad. Like so many people now do this, you know. Look at Paul Stanley. Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> upsetting because I actually want to go see. I want to go see him one more time. I know it's not Kiss. You know, I know that. I know they're using backing tapes. I know that. I know it's not Ace and Peter. I know that. Mm-hmm. But damn it, the spectacle of a Kiss concert is like none, not, nothing else you'll ever see. The only thing that's come close to it is Slipknot for me. Mm. Yeah, you know, they, they put on one hell of a show. It's like you can't... They have to. I mean, you know, even though uh, Motley Crue wants their cranes back. Well, you know, if Vince gets in shape, I think they'll surprise us. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll, they'll show Kiss how to do Well, stage. Molly Crew and Poison and all them, they're they are playing in fucking Charlotte, man. It's only two hours away from me at the at the football field, so I'm, I'm really going to try to go. Okay, your tickets are ready? I'm, I'm really going to try. Okay. Well, let's So, on. now, Disney. Let's talk a little bit about Disney+, Plus because I've seen... All these reports of everybody dropping Disney Plus mm-hmm. simply because the Mandalorian is over. Well, this is just Star Wars fanboys. I think you know it's a faction. I don't. I, I think you know it's amusing that it's it's stated, but I think it's not like a you know like eighty percent are going to drop. I think it's it's going to be a, a good chunk, but it's not going to be like you know. It's it's definitely like what you're saying. It's the Star Wars fanboys, and it's the ultra hardcore that just want to see that show. Right. Because uh, most most of these guys, I mean, you put it put it this way, all the fanboys who also love the MCU and stuff, we have all these DVDs. We have all the box sets. Why are we going to pay for a network every month to see that when we have our DVDs here? So there's that group of people that are deeply invested into it that are not going to stick around and pay seven bucks a month. You know. Even though already, they'll keep their you know, $12 a month Netflix accounts, and that's all garbage, too. Yeah. Here's my thing with Disney+. Plus. Uh, I love Disney, always have. I was raised on Disney. Uh, my favorite Disney stuff is the animated stuff, the real animated. I know they've gotten away from the hand-drawn, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I love the old hand-drawn animated cartoon movies. I love the old Mickey Mouse stuff, and I, I still have not been able to watch everything that this uh, that this streaming service has to offer. So I'm one of those, and I'm going to keep paying the $6.99 mm-hmm. because there's so much there. I mean, uh, uh, come on, Don Knotts and the Apple Dumpling Gang? That's like uh, everything I grew up on Sunday night watching. Disney presents back yeah, in the Wonderful 70s. World of Disney, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's all there. And uh, the only thing that I haven't been able to find, now there's some stuff that's not there yet because of... Uh, 
licensing and contract agreements. They got to wait for this stuff to end so they could pull it over. Uh, like I, I went and tried to grab the uh, the Lone Ranger. I know a lot of people hated that. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. Johnny Depp was hilarious as Tonto. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a really good movie. It's not there yet. It's not going to be there until the end of 2020. But Interesting. The only thing that I haven't been able to find is, uh, and I'm not sure if you remember this one, Watcher in the Woods. Do you remember that movie? I remember the title of it. I don't think I've seen it. It was uh, the first time I had ever seen a Disney movie of any kind that was rated PG because um, Escape to Witch Mountain was a G movie. Mm-hmm. You know, any other live action movies were always G movies. Yeah. This was the first PG movie, which, you know, for the early 80s, was like, oh, my God, Disney's like, this This isn't a general audience. What What the hell? And it was a terrifying movie. It was, it was a scary movie. Absolutely amazing. I want to say Betty Davis. I want to say she was in it. Looked crazy as hell. You know, uh, that's not on there. But you've got Disney. You've got Pixar. And I'm kind of a nerd. I love the Pixar stuff. I love Cars. I love the Incredibles. Things like that. You have your MCU. Uh, Star Wars, of course. But that has, you know, uh, uh, has Rebels on it. Star Wars Rebels, which... I hear uh, uh, apparently they had Darth Maul in that. Oh. Um, uh, they have the Clone Wars uh, it, on there. You know, so it's... Uh, and they have more stuff coming out. So these these fanboys that are like, well, I'm getting rid of it because the Mandalorian's over. I'll get it next year. Well, they have more Star Wars stuff coming out. Yeah, I think there's it's... one that starts... Uh, I know there's a new Marvel thing that's starting. Because uh, you got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series coming out. You've got a Hawkeye series coming out. You know, and if they're done right, these are going to be really, really great. I think it's worth the six ninety nine. Especially, like I said, you know, when you're paying twelve, fourteen bucks a month for Netflix. Yeah. You know, and, and you can flip through that all day long and you have a hard time. I, I end up watching the same shit over again. Me too. I am not a fan of Netflix these days. They've taken out so many of the, the films that I kept in my queue as like classics that I, I love to go back to, but now it's just filled with these shitty comedians you never heard of with these two-hour specials and, you know, any top feature movie uh, that's coming out, like, gets on it. Uh, it just doesn't, and, and so, well, you know, they fucked up with the, the whole uh, Marvel stuff, like the Daredevil and all that. Like, we loved it. That Daredevil was like the best thing ever done. And, uh, you know, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage, like all that, that whole thing. It would have been great to see a lot more characters come out that way, but now Disney got locked down on it, and, well, we're going to see those characters again, but in another in another way down the line. Right, and that's, you know, that really scares me, especially when you're talking about Daredevil and The Punisher. Mm-hmm. Because Punish- I think Netflix was the right company. Yeah. To do those films or those those series, because they'll make them dark, gritty, bloody, and violent the way those characters are. Yeah, I can't. I see Disney. If Disney makes a Daredevil series, we're going to get the Ben Affleck series all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing too. It's like with these series. Um, to me, it's in a sense better than the movie because you get the story built up 
like from the comic level. You get deep into that story, and like a movie ain't gonna do that. Like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of some of the superhero movies because a lot of the one-liners, action pieces, and like predictable stuff. Um, you know, I, I love the Daredevil series because you got really deeper into the character, the action was spot on, and it was gritty. Like, this is a whole new way to present these characters from the comics that we love in a real powerful format. You know, right. not having to con- conform to, like, you know, focus groups that say, you got to have this, this, this in your movie to please all these audiences across the board. This is basically, here's the character, this is what he's going to do, like, Punisher was brutal the first season. I loved it. But, you know, watching uh, the, the season of Jessica Jones now, I'm, I'm not that thrilled with it. I'm just, like, thinking that character is going to be done in my, my book now because it's a, a lot of, like, chemistry, less sex, and uh, social justice stuff in it. But, you know, if that's a character, then that's a character. You like that, that's what you see. I want to see people get their head smashed up like Daredevil beat the shit out of them, you know. Right. And, um, and I've, I've, I've admitted, I've still got to watch Iron Fist. Never watched it. I never watched uh, Jessica Jones. I never watched Luke Cage. Um, I, I haven't seen that uh, uh, Mutants of the Bar or whatever the fuck that one is called. You know, I think that's probably a DC show. There's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, you know, because there's we're just inundated with, with you know with comic book movies now, and you know, and television series. And I haven't seen it all. I finally finished up everything on Netflix from The Flash. I really enjoyed that series. I love The Was Flash it your too. Typical CW bullshit, yeah, you know. But I enjoyed it, and now I'm watching Arrow, and I'm actually pissed off I didn't start Arrow first because I really. He's like, it's like, how did DC have two Batman? Mm-hmm. He's, he's fucking Batman, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> he's just a billionaire that was lost on an island for a few years and runs around like Robin Hood. He's fucking Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying the hell out of that series. I think it's really well done. Uh, Disney taking these things over, that does scare me. Yeah. Because I know that there's a line they won't cross, even though they're promising us, promising us a Deadpool 3 that will be R-rated. Are they going to allow Ryan Reynolds to push the envelope? Because whoever was letting... I, I don't remember who it was that did those movies. Like, that first Deadpool's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Second one, not a bad movie. But the first one's obviously amazing. Yeah. But to let that kind of humor happen, and let... <laughs> You know, that's the kind of face I can see myself sitting on all the time. I, I don't yeah. see Disney allowing that kind I of shit to it's happen. A, you have a really great point with this because they're going to make this, try to make money across a whole bunch of groups. I mean, if they come out and say this is PG-13, everybody's going to be like, fuck you. You know, yeah, Deadpool's are... never been a PG-13 character. Yeah. They learned but, their lesson with that, what was it, X-Men 2 or X-3? You know, when Deadpool had no mouth and the swords coming out of his hands, it was it was the most horrible representation of Deadpool ever on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully they can learn from watching the Joker that you don't need to freaking always be PG, like, and also <laughs> make that kind of money. Absolutely. What a brilliant film that is. And uh, 
And I know it's probably not the origin story everybody wants to see about the Joker, but I think it's a good, modern retelling of the origin of a maniac. Yeah, you know, the, the, the descent into madness in this film is just unbelievable. And I even like De Niro in this film. A lot of I see it on Facebook, you know, because that's where it is, social media. They won't watch it because fuck Bobby De Niro. Look, I don't have to like your politics. Yeah. To yeah. appreciate your art. Like I said earlier in this episode, if I didn't listen to, read, or watch something because of the person who's doing that part's political ideals, dude, I'd be stuck with just Kid Rock and fucking John Voight movies and, <laughs> you know, Ted Nugent's all I'd be allowed to listen to. You can tune it out, but sometimes I can't. Once they get too far into their messaging, it's just like it's not a pleasant experience anymore. But, you know, sometimes you can tune it out. But... Right, and the other side of that is there's obviously a... You know, a big portion of the population that loves that message. They they should find a way to. Because I, I I would want to say you know pull all that stuff out because it offends me. Even though I'm not offended because I I think that's a pussy word. But you could cut it. You could have your message in there. You don't have to beat it down my throat. Yeah. You know? Well, they they think that beating it down the throat is basically getting a cheering squad behind them to support everything they're saying. And basically, a lot of the times they're speaking to the Hollywood crowd that will just support all those messages and they're cool with it, but they don't realize a significant portion of the country doesn't follow that. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, let's I want to hit one more song. We'll come here. uh, We'll come back. We'll wrap up. Uh, uh, Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so uh, here's Jane's Addiction. Ain't no right from uh, Ritual de Loma Mitchell.
with a little bass that alluded to that. <laughs> yeah, I got my bass hooked up here. <laughs> I hate the first Jane's album. I love Ritual Delo Habitual. Great stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, any any final statements on Disney taking the franchise, Disney Plus as a streaming service itself? Because uh, I'm a fan. I'm not getting rid of it. There's too much on there. Uh, the National Geographic stuff is amazing. I love Jeff Goldblum's series. You know, so there, there's too much there for me to quit. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with it. But I didn't get Disney just because I'm a Star Wars nerd. I got it because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> and if I could Ubi do with bare necessities any time I want, even though I have both versions of that film, you know, the 50th anniversary release or whatever it was, the cartoon, and the redone, which I still think was amazing with Christopher Walken playing King Louie. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love being able to see all the movies that I don't have that I remember growing up with. So for me, it's a keeper, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Star Wars fanboys could kiss my ass. There's a lot of other good stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Disney Plus is going to develop more. I think it's still their early stages, so you kind of have to give them some slack in that respect. Seven bucks isn't really bad at all. You know, and um, if you have kids, that's the biggest selling point of this because you're basically, you got a gold mine of stuff to watch with your kids. You know? Absolutely. Especially if you don't want to see you know, what's considered family entertainment today. You know, best example, my favorite sitcom of the last several years has been The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And my daughter and I, we watch it all the time, and I now own, I think, seven or eight seasons on Vudu, which is another platform that I absolutely love. But there's times I'm watching it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this with my 14-year-old daughter. This would not happen with, excuse me, with my family. They would not have sat down and watched a sitcom like that with me, which is hilarious because we grew up with all of the family. Right. But, you know, when, uh, uh, God, I can't remember her name, when she was pregnant, and they were trying to find different ways to say it because Archie Bunker was freaking out. You know, from now on, we say you're expected, you know, and Meathead says, how you feel about knocked up? That was mm-hmm. very risque for us. You know, that they the absolute sex talk and stuff that goes on in like the big bang theory it's funny how the ch- times have changed i guess i'm trying to say so yeah you know if you're a parent that, that wants to enjoy some family entertainment especially with smaller children mm-hmm. you, you could do no worse than disney plus for sure <clears throat> I, i'm excited for the marvel stuff they're bringing i'm excited for the star wars stuff they're bringing so i think it's a win i say go out and buy it uh, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. If you have basically the enjoyment you have out of something in turn that has the content you want, then that's what you got to go for. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, I could see there'd be a lot of stuff in there that I'd absolutely love. Like you were saying with all the Nat Geo stuff is gold to me. Um, but, uh, you know, right now with like all the way everything is like starting to add up, all these streaming services like Netflix, Sling TV, Hulu, all of this stuff is starting to become your cable bill that you tried to get away from. So I think it's going to be very true. It's yeah. very true. It's going to be a personal taste thing. Like for if you, if the, if the bulk of your entertainment, wherever it is on whatever service, you're going to go to that service. So uh, I'm getting tired of Netflix right now. It was really, they took out my, my Marvel stuff of, of uh, my series and um, 
they got rid of all my kung fu and pimp movies from the 70s and 60s. So I, I can't watch Werewolves on Wheels anymore. But I have to find some uh, other way to do it. And it's <clears throat> although the one thing on Netflix now that's that I'm, I love to death is the Dolomite is my name. Great uh, movie. Great movie. And to me, it's it's pretty trippy since I hung out with Dolomite for real, the real Dolomite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Uh, I, I kind of wish right you got now, this. I'm keeping Netflix because uh, I'm a huge fan of The Ranch. I love that show, and I know the final season is finally coming out. Mm-hmm. I may have to make a choice after that, but I always find something. But boy, you have to dig deep. Mm-hmm. You have to dig deep. It's not. It's like the interface too. Like trying to get through it. It's just like there should be two interfaces where you can go to a library because you always have to dig for your stuff. Like it could be better designed. Like you know, your list is just that scrolling thing across instead of uh, you know some some place you could go within there for your library where you can organize the way you want to organize it and as opposed to just here's here the all lose in a bucket find it you know yeah exactly scroll away bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Vince I don't know that we've uh come to terms on the you know come to the same page on these Star Wars things mm-hmm. but I think we definitely understand each other's point of view yeah. And, uh, see, I told you I wasn't going to roast you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought about it. Said, you know, wouldn't it be funny to, uh, you know, without one me by posting, because that one got you. That you one did. got you. You got me. <laughs> and uh, and I, I love that more than anything. Because uh, on my Instagram especially, dude, I had to keep scrolling to read your rant on that particular meme. <laughs> And uh, for those of you that don't know out there, it was a, uh, it was Senator Palpatine sitting with Anakin in the oh, Senate, yeah. having a discussion, and uh, he's talking basically the, the Darth Plagueis story, but he's talking about the butthurt fanboys wanting new Star Wars. And I thought it was hilarious, and I did it specifically to troll. <laughs> specifically to troll. I'm not a guy that trolls people. This what I did specifically to troll and Vince, God love you, you took the bait and it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> but I appreciate that we could sit down and have this conversation. Uh, and, 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 you know, as I was saying to you off mic, I believe, I've had a few beers now, I think this is going to be a fun episode for nerds. And I, I know there's going to be people that absolutely side with you. And there's going to be guys that just love Star Wars. The canon doesn't matter that much, if that makes any sense. It's like I like the Conan the Barbarian books, too. And I'm actually reading the original Robert E. Howard stories now. That does not mean that I never liked any of the books written afterwards. Right. It does not mean that I did not like... I, dude, I love the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian. I love it. I just... I, I appreciate the stories are going on. Um, I, I have to admit, I haven't seen Rise yet... But the Mandalorian lets me know that we can get back to the original story writing mm-hmm. if you get the you know the correct writer in there. So I'll stipulate to that for you. Yeah, amen to that. You know, what a, what a great job they've done. Like, it's not 100% perfect. Nothing ever is. But it's totally absolute Star Wars and enjoyable. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to play one more song. Let's come back and say goodbye. 
This is Dead Kennedy stealing people's mail from uh, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. <laughs> We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the disco. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. 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 On a Friday night. Traveling in the mountains. Run around, around. Run just to your mailboxes. Take your mail back to town. And we got the things that really get stacks and turns. Checks about the distrust, make the same terms. Money, bills, and fancy checks. Pretty funny pictures of your kids. Gonna steal your mail. On the Friday night. We're gonna steal your mail. Like the family night. We got girls who travel, like the 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 girls who People say they went crazy. They're taking all alone. But when we read your letters, we're all on the floor. And we got money when the weather gets tough to turn. Take all the distrust, it's a turn. Money bills and cash checks. We got relationships with your friends. And I steal your mail on a Friday night. We're gonna steal your mail back there tonight. We better not get caught with some new institutions. We'll be drunk and shot. Since we were talking about social agendas, I had to throw a little uh, anarchist punk in there. <laughs> All right, Vince, normally this time of the show, I ask my guests if you have anything you'd like to promote, anything going on in your life, uh, where we can find Baby Yoda that you're going to be producing on a mass scale. <laughs> <laughs> Disney would come right after me and, and string me up for that. <laughs> hey, they missed their fucking mark. This Christmas, they could have made a mint. I think they weren't really thinking that the character was going to cause that reaction, but it's it would have been uh, smart to think ahead. But I, I think also the way um, John Favreau is holding the show is he's he's doing his own thing, and he's probably swatting away the Disney yes-men and uh, people trying to hold his product or change his product. So I think he's keeping it true to the game. Like, I don't think he's going to deal with any interference. And he already told off Bob Iger, so... <laughs> nice, nice. He, he told the head of Disney off that it's not Baby Yoda and chided him over it. So it's like, okay, John Favreau knows he's got this nailed. Oh yeah. He he's got them by the balls now. So he better. I hope he runs with it and takes that mouse's balls and ties it around his neck and throws them out the window for their feature films. So. Damn it! I love Mickey. <laughs> hey, you know, I went to Disneyland recently for the Oogie Boogie Night, and I actually hugged Mickey, and, Mickey, and I became a 12-year-old all over again, so what's wrong with me? <laughs> right. I, I went to Disney World in Florida when I was 14, one of the greatest times I ever had. I hope to get back there someday, but I'm on this coast, so that's closer for me. There you go. Uh, well, I don't have too much or anything to advertise. I've just been uh, dealing with uh, making that little... Baby Yoda, but I think I'm not done with making another one. I think I got to make another one in a in a more accurate format. Um, you know. Sure, so. and if you if you want to sell it, get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like literally not a joke. I love that thing. I think you did an amazing job on it. 
I also don't have much to promote, you know, uh, just the podcast that, uh, you know, that I promote all the time, you know, Rock and Metal Combat podcast, all the Ken Bills projects, uh, Decibel Geek podcast, who's taken me right under their wing. All these guys have been really good to me. So, uh, you know, make sure you check those guys out. Um, my radio show at thatmetalstation.com will be coming back. We're trying to recover all the music off of my hard drive. It's actually happening as we speak. My girlfriend up in Tennessee is working on grabbing all that stuff. So uh, that will be coming back. It'll be every other Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and, of course, I will let you know when that's back up and running. Um, I do have some more fun episodes coming up. Uh, I've got Eric Camaro sitting in to talk. He's going to be talking about wrestling. Uh, he's a big wrestling fan, which I'm a nerd on that stuff, too. And he actually just had his in-ring debut last night. As we're recording this, it is January 1st, 2020. So New Year's Eve, after all these years, because Camaro's not a young guy. <laughs> he's like my age. He's finally doing his uh, in-ring debut. Oh, I, I want to say it was for All-Star Wrestling. I'm not sure what the promotion is out there in the Nashville area. But, yeah, he's he got in the ring last night. I'm hoping to see video. Oh, wow. Um, I don't. I, I know you're not a Guy Fieri fan, Vince, but um, he did a show a few years ago where he was trying to, kind of like the next you know, Food Network star, a couple <laughs> guys called the Grill Dads. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. No. I've got the Grill Dads coming on in a few weeks. We're, we're setting it up mid-January because they have some announcements they want to make. They have a push they're going to make. So they're going to start doing their media thing. They won, uh, uh, they won a pilot, the opportunity to create a pilot on this uh, competition show that Guy Fieri had put out. I wish I could remember the name of that show. It was so good. And from the moment I saw these guys, I was like, these are the guys. They're going to win. You know, because just they, they knew it. They understood food. And they're two of the funniest sons of guns you've ever seen. And uh, they ended up doing the Grill Dads. Uh, the year after that, because not only did they do the pilot, but they got picked up for a season. The following year, they did a show called Comfort Food with the Grill Dads. Much like Triple D, you know, diners driving the dives, going around the country, you know, finding these different places that sell, you know, different kinds of fresh made comfort food. Then they started kind of falling off the radar. Uh, they're very responsive to uh, their fans on Instagram. And I just, I took a shot. I said, hey, I love this stuff, man. When are we going to see you on TV again? How do I get you on my podcast? And he responded to me. I, I don't know if it was Mark or if it was Faye. You know, because it is two guys, you know. Uh, but they got back to me and said, TV, I don't know. Podcast, sure, I'm happy to do it. So I've been in constant contact with them. Middle of January, we're setting up a recording schedule. So I will have the Grill Dads. That'll be my wow. third show with an actual celebrity type person on here. So I'm looking forward to that. Wow. So stay tuned to the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. Vince, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. Cool, uh, brother. I, anytime. I really appreciate it. I, and I enjoyed the talk. It's fun to talk with a, a fan of something that you also love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's always a good time. I, I I think we could have had this conversation sitting down side by side with bikes in our faces, drinking a couple of beers, and it, it, it couldn't have been any more fun. Yeah, <laughs> except I'd be a little bit more fiery. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want to have to roast you. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I I hope to see you at Rockapod this year. It was 
it, it, let me let me tell everybody here. It was such a treat to meet you face to face for the first time. Yeah, it was good stuff. You know, because I, I I've talked. I want to say we've even talked on the phone before, but that face to face meeting and not knowing you were going to be there that was probably the greatest surprise <laughs> of, of Rockapod last year. So it was so good to finally meet you face to face. Yeah, you too, brother. Yeah, I was. I totally wanted to keep it under the radar and surprise everybody, and it looks like it came to out right. <laughs> yeah, you, you you did a great job because I was definitely fooled. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, yeah, make sure you check out those uh, podcasts. And uh, we are going to get out of here. Uh, Vince, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, you know, enjoy the movies that you enjoy. And, you know, try to find the good in the films that we have now. Hopefully, Hollywood will start listening to the real fans. Well, I hate that term, real fans. But the people who've been invested in it all this time. Hopefully, we'll all get stuff that we want if we expect and demand quality like how we got the mandalorian because i think the Mandalorian's going to bring everyone together with this and we'll be done with this drama around star wars i i i couldn't agree more thanks again bitch motherfuckers bye vital we'll see you next time okay
I'll be 